This episode is brought to you by Dead Reckoning. They are a really epic South African clothing brand. I got in touch with the owner, Jono, about a year ago and have been wearing their clothes flat out since and my style has definitely improved once I started rolling in their kit with lots of people asking about the brand. I also love their slogan, which is, In the crew we trust. I feel it fits so well with rowing and my team. Rowing is all about having the trust in your crew. Build the trust, own the trust. All the items are made in South Africa and they offer an awesome range for men and women. You can order straight off their website at www.deadreckoning.co.za and they'll deliver to you anywhere in South Africa. Also, if you use the promo code BRITTON, you'll get 10% off your order. That is BRITTON, my name, not the country. B-R-I-T-T-A-I-N. Welcome to The Rose Show. This is a brand new podcast where we're going to be going into everything sport, performance, the gold and the glory, and obviously talk a bit about rowing. I'm your host, Lawrence Britton, Olympic silver medalist and part of the South African rowing team. In South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks Olympics. down barriers. All right, my passion Winning. to be the best. To be the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, roles, passion, 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 gold, ultimate gold. Glory, relentless training, pain, pain. <laughs> Everyone watches the Olympics, and it's easy to appreciate the level of skill of any athlete competing there. But it's hard to understand the journey each athlete has taken to get there just by watching their final performance. Today, we're going to look behind the scenes and try to understand the years of work and dedication, the glory and the hardships an athlete endures to have a chance of standing on the greatest sporting stage in the world. Hello and welcome. Thanks for tuning in to The Row Show. I'm your host, Lawrence Britton. In the first episode, we went through my story and how I got to the podium at the Rio Games. Today we're looking forward on what's to come and where the team is moving. Last year, the top heavyweight crew was the pair, but this year our focus has moved to the four. The, the early local season saw some exciting races, racing and some impressive crews taking to the water. With two blitz players attacking each other, our coach Roger Barrow made the decisions to move into the four. So today I have, a, I have a full house and my guests make up the South African men's heavyweight four. First up is Jake Green. He's becoming a regular on the show after helping me with episode one. Jake stroked the men's four last year at the Rio Games, and after a difficult start to the regatta, they found their feet and made it into the A-final. And after a gutsy race, they finished in fourth place, just missing out on the medals. He's back in the stroke seat this year and looking for more. Welcome, Jake. Yeah, what's up? Good to be back. Yeah, just give us a quick summary of your role in the boat. Okay, so the stroke seat is definitely the most important role in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I, set the, I set the rhythm, I set the tempo. Um, that's that we will eventually uh, get to down the track. Uh, next up is David Hunt, or Noddy as he's better known. Uh, he was also in the four last year, and he's back in the bow seat. I first raced with Noddy in 2011 in our under-23 pair, and we finished second. The next year he doubled up the silver, and then in 2013 he became an under-23 world champion. Noddy is the tallest person in our boat, as well as the most educated. His wisdom and his length are crucial for our crew. Welcome, Noddy. Thank you very much. And your role in the boat? Well, no one can see me, so none of you know, so I'm not going to give anything away here. But, uh, <laughs> I do make sure we don't crash into the bank every now and then. That's uh, one <laughs> part of it. <laughs> I also think I pull hard on the stick every now and again, but only when there the we coach go. is watching. There we go. Our first uh, race with John Smith in 2010, we won South Africa's first championship gold medal. John went on to become one of the best lightweights in the world winning the famous gold in the lightweight four at the London Olympics, as well as becoming a world champion and world record holder in the lightweight double in 2014, a record he still holds today. After a tough year in the lightweight double last year where he struggled to keep weighing in at 70 kilos, John decided to commit to the heavyweight lifestyle. And after an impressive transition, 
he took the three seed in our four. Welcome, John. Good to be here. Uh, the three seed's all about backing up with stroke man, backing up with the rhythm and the length. And then, as you, we like to say, the three man's always the first to go, last to blow, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sit in the two seat and make up the last member of our crew. I make the calls in the boat and pull like a slave. So that is our crew, and now let's get into what makes us tick. So we're currently on training camp in Ebenezer, South Africa, and our, it's our final training block before our world champs in America. So let's talk a bit about training camp, what it's like, and why it's so important. Well, some of us have got uh, quite a lot going on outside of rowing. I think that's probably why we look forward to training camp the most. It's, it's just you train, you eat, you sleep, you train, you eat, you sleep. Maybe eat a few more times in between there. It definitely feels like it. So I know some of you guys are studying. Um, I'm working. John is doing, doing the nothing. dream. Yeah. yeah, It's the, <laughs> the full-time athlete dream. But uh, just training camp is, is one place where we can all come together and focus solely on getting fast and getting strong. Yeah, I think for me there's no distractions. We're just yeah. living the, the perfect training lifestyle and really getting the, the big miles in and the quality food and everything is just geared towards making the boat faster. Yeah. Yeah. The big thing is you can do the you can do more miles on camp, you can train harder, recover better. So that's why we look forward to coming to camp and it's also a good time with your mates. <laughs> Get to mold people. Yeah. <laughs> <the> physio. <laughs> and then uh what are what are the most essential items for camp? Well, um the I coffee machine. The coffee machine is a big one. Cappuccino PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John is a pilgrim, he doesn't appreciate good coffee. But yeah. Uh, PlayStation TV, books, I don't know, that's about it. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's pretty sparse where we go for training camp, especially when you go up to Lesotho, so we usually take everything with us. I mean, my neighbor asked if I was moving out the other day when I was packing for camp, so we take mm. a lot of stuff with us. And then uh, you guys touched on the, on, the, on the coffee, and I think uh, food is massive for us. Obviously, we're heavyweights, so we've got we to gotta eat. And food is so important for training. It's, it's what fuels us in the big miles, and we've got to keep that tank full at all times. So what does a normal, what a normal day of meals look like? As much as you can fit into your mouth at one point, that's what you're putting in. It's just the, the, I think the, probably the hardest part to transition to heavyweight, I think John might back this up, is learning how to train on a full stomach. And we're not talking like <laughs> satisfied stomach. We're talking like bursting at the seams. <laughs> so, okay, so what meals have we had? Uh, have we had what, what were your meals yesterday? So I wake up in the morning, um, big smoothie with everything we can put in it. It's our future life, which is the porridge, um, bananas, muesli, jam it all in there with some yogurt, mix it up, nice big shake to start the day with, some protein in it. Mm. Yeah, coming. We do a bit of training in the morning, and then we come back and we get eggs, bacon, sausages—just the classic English breakfast. Probably my favorite meal of the day. Yeah, uh, second breakfast is also definitely my favorite meal yeah, of the day. Definitely. Yeah. And then lunch. Um, I actually can't remember what we had for lunch yesterday. Oh, what, actually, what did we have for lunch yesterday? It's just such a blur. I mean, we eat so much. Chicken, but, uh, chicken rolls. Chicken, yeah, oh, yeah, chicken yes. fillets on a roll with some mayonnaise. And then the ice spine for dinner. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So I mean, it's a packed day, and I mean, you, know, you got we snacky in the middle of the day. I mean, there's there's plenty of coffee and, yeah. and all sorts going down the going down the hatch. So it's it's a huge amount of of fuel to keep the fire going. And out of the four of us, who eats the most? 
Jake. 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 <laughs> Anyone who's ever cooked for Jake will, will back this up. Is no matter how much you make, it will it will go down the hatch. Yeah. So, John, uh, coming from a lightweight division, uh, how's the transition been from seventy kilos? And and if you you mind telling us, what's the weight now? The weight now is up at eighty kilos on good days. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the transition is, is not as easy as I thought it would be. Um, it's always a struggle when you're trying to build the, the power and the strength. I think that's the, the biggest thing I look forward to, to keep continuing to build. Um, but definitely not as easy as I thought, but enjoying it. It's a, it's a new world, it's a different world, and it's, it's a lot more relaxed if you're not hangry all the time. And the, the, uh, the, the goal weight? The goal weight's got to be... Triple digits. <laughs> yeah. Be a bit extreme. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd love to be 100, but I think... 100? <laughs> that's my no, whole, dude, that's way heavy, bro. would be to be 100, but obviously I don't think I can get there. I think to be racing over 85 in the next couple of years is definitely going to be a goal of mine, and I'm pushing towards to get there. I think that's, that's where I can be strong and push out the watts. There we go. So just moving on a little bit, I think uh, the decision, so I mean, obviously in the beginning of the year we went into pairs and then the decision to move into the four pretty much came down to one session where Jake and John put me and Nadia under the, under the whip. Uh, but now when there's important sessions every day, how do you differentiate those really crucial sessions from the, the everyday sessions? Yeah, I think, um, I think it's about you know, being smart about uh, what you're doing and in the steady sessions and the sessions that uh, are more about just getting miles out, getting good good time at a at a decent work rate. Um, you can't be a hero every single day because then you'll you'll land up in the grave pretty soon. Um, but is there is there a time to be a hero? Like, is that when you you're training every day for and the sessions are always important. The coach is always watching. But then are there some sessions that are more important? I think there are sessions that count more. I think the the sessions that are, are measured. Like when we do pieces on the water, there's times that we put down and those times are compared and the pieces on the ergo, those are all, I would say, more important. I think the other stuff is more about consistency. Um, but yes, there are a few sessions in the week that I think are more important. I don't know what... I think each session has its own goal and the way to really get faster and to progress is to treat each session like the most important one of the week, but it's got to, not every session's goal is to pull as hard yeah. and to hurt yourself as much as possible. Like, um, if you're rowing a, a steady session, it's all about how consistently can you row the right stroke and groove a good movement and get that muscle memory going so that when the real pressure comes on physically, then it's, in, it's ingrained. You don't have to think about it. It just comes naturally. I think the biggest mistake you can make is to think that the right way to do every session is as hard as you can. Um, there's definitely a time for as hard as you can, but there's also a time for a lot of thinking and a lot of real cleverness in the way that you're approaching it. And then did you guys know that there was a little bit more up for grabs that day in the pairs when we were hacking at each other and we is maybe a little bit more up for on that day, a bit more important? Yeah, for sure. When we when we and Jake got in the boat, it was definitely something to prove, something to go after. And it's, we got told in our first session together, we got told race pace. And we certainly didn't go race pace <laughs> to prove a point. Um, but when you get the sniff and you get your chance, you've you got to take it. And you don't get your chance very often. Um, I waited the whole season to get a chance and you got one day to prove yourself. And you've you got to pull out the stops. 
and that's what landed me up in the four. Otherwise, I would not be here. Yeah, mm. I think that's that's probably the most important thing with a selection battle is that you you've got to accept that you're not going to get many chances. Yeah, and the chance you do get, you have to grab with both hands and really make them count as much as you can. Yeah, because for me, like those opportunities, they're so crucial. But and but if you mess them up, nothing really changes. Yeah. So you got to you got to step out your comfort zone and yeah. go for something extra because if you get it right, yeah. it can change your whole year. Whereas if you if you mess it up, nothing really changes. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I feel like in every selection battle, there's a a way that the selection is expected to go, and if you're not on that expected side and if you if things aren't going your way the whole way through and it's not going your way you have you're going to get very limited chances to to change that and you have to really make a a big difference to and put out a big performance to turn some heads it's up to you there's no one else who's gonna give you an opportunity on a golden platter yeah, we got to take, take it. it. But then after that, we we moved into the four, and I think yeah. it's been a it's been a really cool year so far. I mean, it's something new for a lot of us, or you know, it's just a little bit different, new cycle, new crew, and it's been very exciting. And we've had a lot of laughs. I think our crew <laughs> gets along really well, and we we we, we tease each other quite a bit. Um, but Noddy, who do you think is the funniest person in the crew? It's definitely me. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that's that's probably not correct. Um, I'm sort of more quiet, and I come in with my odd comments every now and again. But it's hard to say. Like, I feel like the comedy is a a group effort, like, team effort, hundred percent. Like Jake does something, Lawrence tunes him about it, and then John laughs at it, which makes all of us laugh. I think that's that's kind of how the cycle goes. So I don't know if Sometimes. you guys. <laughs> Sometimes, but there's there's always. I feel like John and, and Lawrence are the are the instigators of most uh, most things, and yes, myself and Jake are often the. <laughs> I just the, well, of actually the I don't know actually John is also the but <laughs> no <okay>. John, <laughs> I think it's important to note that John can can give it out, but he cannot take it <laughs> at all. Yeah. No, it's yeah. We we just I think we just find the funny side of. Of all situations, and it's just okay. And then, John, who who would you say is the most serious person in the crew? It's hard to say. Um, <laughs> None of us. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say anyone's really serious. Um, but Jake has the shortest fuse. No, <laughs> I'm not the most serious person, dude. <sighs> yes, you upset Jake me, is right? the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Calm, cool customer, and tell the. I you were the most serious. I said you the shortest fuse. I don't have the shortest fuse. You just provoked me. <laughs> yeah. And then the red mist descends, Jake. Yeah, that's your experience, me up. Okay, well then, who who gets tuned the most in the crew? Jake. Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I think people can understand why I've. I've got the short fuse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, seeing as though you're getting picked on here, Jake, we'll ask you some stuff. Uh, what is, what's the best part of the fall? Um, well, I think a, a big element about rowing in bigger boats is, is obviously the crew element. And um, I really enjoy the four brings, you know, four people together, which is, you know, it's difficult at times, but um, it really helps with training. You've got, you know, four people bring a lot to the table and it also keeps every day interesting and then also you know you get you develop a sense of camaraderie and a, a, a sense of energy that you attack with every session and I think it's um, as the season progresses we develop an identity which I really enjoy um, and I yeah that's I think that's the part that I enjoy the most about the four yeah oh, for me yeah. the speed is yeah. king like the the pair is really cool because there's a different dynamic with just two people but 
getting into the four, he's just attacking the, the speed of the boat the whole time and mm-hmm. speed is king. Yeah, 100%. But I do agree with Jake in that four people is definitely a little bit easier than, than just two. I think when things aren't going so well in a pair, it becomes a bit of a pointing fingers fest. Um, whereas the four, there's, there's sort of enough to share the share the frustration between us and it's just it's easier to get through and also from having called in the past uh, Lawrence is calling in this boat but I feel like when you're calling in a pair you're lecturing the other person whereas in the four it's kind of like more public service announcement and you you're just sort of trying to bring a, a bunch of people together so then going going on that then what is so what's the what's the biggest challenge in the four then Bringing four people together, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I just think I think egos can sometimes be a problem. I think we all have who's uh, ego. Everyone's ego. <laughs> <laughs> I think we we all got we got all got like egos, and you know we all proud people. I mean, athletes are generally uh, have got a lot of pride, and I think a challenge is definitely you know kind of staying on the same page all the time. Because I mean, you know, sometimes when you have different opinions, it becomes quite difficult to you know uh, find a way forward. You've been quite quiet, John. <laughs> <laughs> my opinion's always quite strong in the yes, <laughs> strong. And the two behind me, they they love to rag me and push me to the limits. We just want what's best for you, John. Yeah. No, no, no. Sure. I think th- this is the the curse of the athlete is that we all back ourselves a hundred percent. And uh, I think maybe that's one of the big challenges of the four is just finding space for everyone's but I think it's also Impressive. crucial for, for athletes to back them. You have to back yourself 100%. No. Otherwise, you cannot do yeah. the training. So it's easier to have people that back themselves 100% <clears throat> and then have a, a fallout every now and then when people don't match up yeah. than to try and be pulling somebody along with you. I mean, that would never work really. Yeah. No, 100%. I think like you, you have to back yourself 100%, but you also have to back the people with you. And the, You're right, but they're also right. And their, their rightness can like infuse with yours. <laughs> Create something beautiful, yeah. but uh, no, you're you're right. You, you're never going to win a gold medal if you don't think that you are the greatest yeah, athlete exactly. ever to hit the planet Earth. That's it. <clears throat> and also in the old fours I've rode, everyone thinks that fours are playing sailing, and everyone gets along. Is more guys means more tension and yeah. more more fights. So it does it does happen. But as long as we put it out on the table, we we clear it up, and it's a big part of our teams. We put our issues on the table and we sort it out then and then. We get on with life. Yeah. So going on that, Johnny, last time you raced in a fort was with uh, skinny lightweights. How does it feel rowing in a in a proper heavyweight team? Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a different experience. Um, the lightweights have a little more finesse. Um, what? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> the, but the the big boys got the power, and it's power trumps power to weight, unfortunately. No, but I think. Um, your London 2012 crew would give us a good run for the for, for our money. And I think all of the three of us watching your crew in 2012 gave us belief that we could go and do the same. And yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know how it affected you guys, but watching them win in London was really one of one of the best moments of my life. So I don't know what role did, did their gold medal have in, in you guys, in your rowing? Well, I think it was kind of a turning point in the whole squad as that they came back with, kind of a framework of how to how to win a medal and you know some of some of their catchphrases like trust the process and miles make champions um give trust earn trust all those kind of things we they really became a mantra of south african rowing and yeah. i think 
it's I wouldn't it's hard to say it's directly influenced it, but you can you definitely can see the correlation between us taking on that culture and the results just be taking care of themselves, yeah. just improving exponentially. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, I, at the time I was still in school, so I watched that. I watched that uh, race at school. And, uh, it's young, school. but it's school. <laughs> <laughs> it's school, I was at school, bro. Yes. <laughs> it's a yeah. little boy, Jake. Don't let the beard fool you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at that stage, I was I, th- I was thinking about continuing rowing, but I was a bit unsure. I didn't have a successful uh, school season, but I guess after watching um, a lightweight four win gold, it kind of you know, gave me the belief and I asked my question and, you know, if they can win gold, then why can't I? And uh, even though I hadn't gone to juniors and had a successful season, I decided that rowing was definitely something I was going to give another shot. And it turned out it was, wasn't such a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you've done okay so far. Yeah, you it's just, just okay. You keep chasing the dreams. Yeah. So then, so, so why did you guys start rowing in the beginning? Well... Mm. Mine's a bit of a funny story, actually. It's, uh, I was, I w- unlike most rowers who will tell you that they were really bad at cricket and just couldn't deal with that, I, I wasn't bad, but I just, they, it wasn't right. Like, I didn't feel like I was quenching that competitive thirst on a cricket field. Um, and a friend of mine from school uh, was, was actually rowing when I was in grade six, so 12 years old, and his brother was rowing in the first eight at that time and he was starting and he wanted a friend to go with him so he told me I was tall I'd be good at it sounded good to me went there told me there'd be girls schools at the dam every Saturday yes. I was in sold <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how I started and once I fell in love with it straight away I was kind of splashing around and sinking boats and this is this is silly but once the once I started getting into it the bug Bug bit and I could never let never let him go. Yeah. And Johnny, you have an interesting one. Yeah, I was playing water polo, um, in under fifteen, so fifteen years old, and then some one of my mates kicked me in the ear, and then no more water polo. So they told me pick a new sport. So after mocking the rows for years, telling them they must go row, row, row their boat. Um, the coach brought me up to his house and he had an ergo there and he said, jump on ya, this will make you fit, this will make you a really good runner because I was a, a fairly good long distance runner at school. Um, and I jumped on and he said, you're a natural, you've got this. Oh, for sure. And he sold, <laughs> he sold me the dream. He said my technique was perfect. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how you survived in a water polo pool. That doesn't pl- sound like a place for John. Yes. Okay. A man that doesn't like a lot of conflict, it was not the place. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> didn't enjoy being thing. drowned. Yeah. And so you saw the light and then came over to the rain. I think I raced you in your first race ever. Yes, you upset me so much. And you won. <laughs> I think we raced in the double at Val and it was a course with a, with a kink on it. So you had to turn at like turn. halfway down the track. And we were a little bit up on John and we took the corner and I watched him row off the course and punished the bank into no, a giant dead, dead tree. We were rowing along and then the, the official just said, watch out for that. And we, boom, we hit the tree before he said anything else. So I was upset with that guy. <laughs> oh, but that shit. was pretty much dictate the rest of me and John's rowing careers against each other at school. Mm. You upset me so much. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into that another day. Um, so, okay, so what is it? Three weeks till, till we start racing in America? Yep. So what is what do the next three weeks look like? Um, well, I think it's it's definitely the most intense um, and, 
you know, definitely the most focused weeks of the year. I think the training is going to be really hard. Um, although I think there's going to be a more more of a focus on intensity and pieces than just the flat outs, big mile, big miles, and stuff like that. But yeah, I think I'm excited. There's going to be a lot of energy, as there always is, as competition starts to loom over our training. Um, yeah, and then a lot of excitement going forward. Yeah, I really dig these these last few weeks of camp. I feel like the whole year has been gearing up to build this engine up, and then you're just sort of tweaking tweaking the engine in the last few weeks to find the, the max speed that you can. And there's always a lot of changes happening, and there's a lot of energy. Yeah, mm. yeah we've got lots to look forward to as the, the excitement builds um, so does the intensity, so does the work, and we. Um, I look forward to it because it's really building the power, going after maybe some PBs on the ergo in the pieces, looking for big speeds on the water because we're going down to Sanin where the water's a bit warmer, so a bit quicker, going after yeah some some records down there, and looking to looking to smash some things going into the USA. Mm. Now, yeah, just, just to build on what John said, I think my favorite part about these this next period is that. We don't often get the chance to perform when we are strong. We yeah. often often feel like we are beaten down by the training. We sort of on the low points of our our strength curve. And these next few weeks, when we're really starting to rise up towards the peak, it's just there's nothing better than just getting stronger and stronger week on week, yeah. putting out big numbers. That's it. And the altitude comes down and down because we train at what's it one three, yeah. one three now, and then we go down to Zanin, which is three hundred. Yeah, which means you can push out the big power. Yeah. Because we train all year up high and we our numbers on are not very good compared to when we come down to sea level. Yes, and then the big numbers will roll. Sweet. Well, I'll be paying quite close attention to your progress over the next few weeks. And I would wish you luck, but only fools rely on chance. So go out there and crush it. Thank you very much for giving me your time, guys. Uh, you can follow all of us on Instagram. Our tags will be in the notes for the episode. You can also follow Jake's journey on his blog, Brave to Row. The address will also be in the notes. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in. And until the next episode, goodbye. Cheers, please. Sweet, sweet. John out. <laughs> <laughs>